Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Okay, hi. I'm using today to catch up all my obligations um, for people that have already sponsored. And last week, uh, A Block in, in Lakewood uh, sponsored one to be about the Seder. In his words, it has to be magitable. Things to talk about. You can use the Seder. Turns out he's an Eretz for Pesach. And uh, I want to get this one out of the way. So I'll be, after tonight, I'll be uh, flush. Um, I'll be uh, filled up with all the people that have sponsored so far. And so I'm going to devote this to uh, Seder thoughts and, and, and mean that in a very broad and big way. Um, especially, um, instead of a vort here and a vort there, I want to uh, call to your attention, maybe you know it, I, I suspect many people don't know it, <clears throat> the broad and very fantastic discussion about why was it that the Jewish people had to be slaves in Egypt. Uh, and the locus for this, <clears throat> I actually had this ready for my Shamas and speech, but I had so much material. By the time I finished after three hours, I was only two-thirds of the way done, uh, as you can imagine. Those who know me won't be surprised. Uh, but to get right to the chase, um, if you look, what, if you're interested in larger uh, subjects, which which dominate the Haggadah, such as why, what is the reason for the Gaulish? The reason for the Shibbat Mitzrayim. So... Um, that already takes the discussion onto a big and broad plane. And the guy who does this in the most uh, broad way that I know of is Der Barbanel. You won't be surprised to hear that, perhaps, but most people don't look at Der Barbanel, who has two places in which he addresses this at length. And depending who your family is and all the rest of it, uh, you can certainly use this, or you should, let me put it this way, you should use this if you have serious discussions when night is Seder, because after all, big question obviously is found in the British Man of Basarim. I think everybody knows that it said, So that the, the slavery in Egypt was foretold to Abraham back at the British Man of Basarim. And then it says, We know all this. And it is mentioned in the Haggadah, of course. But Dagada does it's not the style that I got it to go into it deeply. <clears throat> That's for you. But the Barbanel, when he's good, he's Mr. Pshat. Right? Uh, you don't have to agree with him, of course, but he's <clears throat> Pshat um Pshat. And usually he will reject uh even Chazals for his Pshat purposes. In other words, the Abraham is a front guy, he's not saying the Chazal are wrong, but he's saying, you know, for his idea of what Pshat is, <clears throat> it doesn't sound right to him. So, the locus classicus is on those sukkim, which is in Parshish Lechacha, I think it's 15, 14, chapter 14, 15, verse 14, or something like that. Um, and the style of the Abarbanel, and, and, and he returns to this subject, or maybe I should say he originally uh, hit this subject, in his Haggadah. It's not 100% clear, I believe if I have it right, you know, the Abarbanel is very confusing in his uh, biography, I did it once. When exactly he wrote everything. 
when he was young, the first thing he wrote was on the Dvarim. And then he lost it and miraculously found it decades later. It's a Gansa story, the manuscript. And when he was already still in Spain, and he was fired from one king and hired by another king in between jobs, he did, you know, like, I don't know, Yeshua shoved him shmuel, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what he did in his off time. <clears throat> so when he got around to finish the Chumash, was later in life, after he'd been kicked out of uh, Spain. And after he had finished the Haggadah. So the Haggadah, I think, I think I'm right about this, came first. And this year, last year, they came out with a new, uh, nice, very nice annotated edition of the Barbanel Haggadah in Hebrew, of course. Ain't Manukad, but it's everything but. And whoever it is, some Israeli guy, we did a nice job on it. But it's long. you got to get used to the fact that Barbanel don't take nothing for granted. And when he wants a full business, he wants a full business. Uh, and if you look at the Barbara Haggadah, again, you'll find, I'm opening to page 21 in this new edition. There's your table of contents. So, you know, you'll see your Lachman, your Manishtana, Bodhimino, and so forth. However, when you get to the part of Baruch Shemar, Baruch there he goes on a tangent, so to speak, although it's totally no gaya, and it's called Kuntris Brisman Absarim. So I'm calling this to your attention. All of you out there who are interested in preparing for the Haggadah, I'm giving you the golden oldies and the classic stuff. It's about 20 pages, approximately. And there he goes after how he understands in detail what happened to Brisman Absarim, and how it led to, or why it should have led to, the eventually slavery in Egypt and all the rest of it. <laughs> There's a lot on this subject. I'm going to confine my, my remarks to the simple question. Maybe on, uh, later this week I'll do the other one. Confine my remarks to the simple question of what was the reason for the Gullahs. And here we are in Lech Lecha. Um I have the nice new edition of the Barman. I really like it. And, you know, his style is to ask a whole bunch of questions and then try to give one shot that for Empress everything. And so when it says... Uh, and notice when you start when he starts I'm reading from the Barbanel now then we get to the Brisman of Asarim this is in the Chumash now it's very important and I spent a lot of time thinking about it so you don't have the time this week to think about it a lot but you can take the benefit of the fact of somebody who did even if you don't agree exactly with everything he said so to anyone who's who's serious about the Haggadah, especially if you have older people, their kids, whatever, older age. So, I have 21 questions on this story. I'm going to confine myself today to the most important of them, in my opinion. And that's HaShelah 15. So he goes right to the heart of matters. What is the reason God sent the Jews into exile, and then slavery into Egypt, which was foretold before any of them were even born. And, and the Barbanel, and this is one of his best features, in my personal opinion. One of the things he does is bring you up on the latest scholarship up to his time, up to, let's say, the late 1400s, early 1500s. So what you and I call the Rishonim. What are the different opinions of Chazal and the Rishonim on this? I mean, he's really tops when it comes to this. And he gives you as follows. He named Mesechnes Nadarim Bolazer Shalosh Deis. If you go the Chazal Rudi Agadita route, so then you have the Gemara Nadarim and Lamed Beis, 
in which you say that there are three opinions in Chazal, what was it that caused the Bnei Israel later on, generations later after Abraham, to be slaves and suffer so much in Egypt? So one opinion in Ravo is he drafted the yeshiva guys. I mean, this was such a big thing to cause all the you know the, the suffering in Egypt. That's what he says. Hashnilor of Shmuel, because he expressed doubt. How do I know that what you're telling me, O Lord, that I'll get Israel is true? And number three is Rabbi Yochanan. And the third opinion, which is the most weird, and I did a whole podcast last year, now that I look at it, I remember, is Rabbi Yochanu says that when the king of Sodom, after the Kedor Lomer War, say, Avram complied. And all the POWs that he had from Sodom, who were naked and helpless, he handed back to the king of Sodom, to start the Sodom business up again. And if you remember, of course, we all know the story, that Abraham said, I don't want a penny from you. You so-and-so. So Rabbi Yochanan says, how do you let all those Sodomites go? You could have been Makar of them. You had conquered and now you owned them from war, and you could have been Makar of them. So that was the sin. Now the Barbanel says, these opinions don't hold water. In the Adeos Eilukulam, Melvaj Mashi Ishma Machoshav, Aside from the fact that they're shvach, <laughs> so these are three opinions in the Agadatel, Chazal. They didn't have such a opinion like today if it's in the you can't even challenge it. There's a big problem anyway. If Avram is the one who messed up, he should have been the one to punish, not 100 years later. Hashem tells Avram, you don't have anything to worry about. You live a long and happy life and be buried in a happy old age. But you're the one who did the sin. That don't make any sense. That his great-grandchildren or whatever generations later should suffer because he said or he held the sodomites in or something like that. Doesn't make sense. The Torah complains that A, did the sin and B, pays the price. There is such a thing called Poket Abonos that sometimes Hashem punishes the children for the sin of the parents. But that, he says, is Abonos Alilam. It's only for Abonos Zorah. And, you know, if they continue the Abonos Zorah that they inherited from their parents. But not in the form that, you know, the grandparents did the sin. The grandchildren didn't do any sin, and the grandchildren get punished. And why Egypt, Afka? Right? Why ha- why'd it have to be Egypt? It's a bare soul of him. Could have been anywhere. There are those who give reasons why it should be Egypt, and he says, Chalushma is very weak, very shvach. So this is the judgment of the Barbano. So we have three opinions so far of what was the reason the Jewish people had to suffer slavery and suffering in Egypt. Either because of the, he retained the Sodomites or he questioned God or because he drafted the Sheba guys. There's a fourth opinion, Ramban. 
Ramban says another opinion. That Avram shouldn't have run away during the famine. You know, he showed up in Egypt with a famine, but he robbed He ran away to Egypt. So that was wrong. Uh, and when he left, and he shouldn't have bred Sarah to Egypt. And subjector sent it's his sister, and she should come close to being violated by Pharaoh. So, in other words, he put it this way. So, Avram messed up going to Egypt. Hashem said, Oh, you want to go to Egypt? I'll give you Egypt till it's coming out of your nose. Your descendants will mamish, roll crazy in Egypt. Right? So, that's the opinion of the Ramban. It's a punishment because Avram ran away to Egypt in the, in the, in the, and messed up there in the uh, famine. And, you know, many of us are aware that the Ramban goes on to say Avram acted not nobly by. You know, letting his wife be quote unquote picked up by Pharaoh, etc., etc., etc. But the Bible says, I don't like that shot either. Same problem. Abraham had little faith, and his great grandchildren are the ones who are suffering. It's too vicarious. And anyway, the Ran in the Drush Saran, I think, attacked the Ramban. That actually, we consider the famine to be one of the Nisyonas, the ten Nisoyans. And we say that Avram passed all these Nisoyans with the flying colors. So why do you tell me that this was Echi Chashalava? And if it was so bad, why did Avram repeat this? When he ended up in the Gaza Strip with with what's the name with Avimelech, and the more recent Chachamim. So we have three so far, right? Uh, either the three in the Gemara or the Ramban that Avram was being punished or his children being punished because Avram ran down to Mitzrayim in the famine in in Lech Lecha. And more recently, there's a fifth opinion, but that's Iran. And Chazde Kreskis is Talmud B'Sefer Hashem. The famous philosophy book, which is very hard. Take it from me. Shekaz of Iran. Shloigos Mitzrayim Alchei Klau. The Ran and Chazde Kreskis say that the Golos of Mitzrayim was not for Echet. Kim Lachni Alibosan Sheyisro Rum Kabosa Torah. That the Jewish people were so doggone stubborn, so damn stubborn, that it took the slavery to break their arrogance. So it was a necessary experience to humble them. You get it? And only when they're humble, they're ruined like Kabbalah Satorah. And consequently, we would regard this not as a punishment, but Yisur and Shalava. That's the Ran and the Chasei Kresis. See what I mean? The Bible is fantastic on this by giving you short summaries. You don't have to read the whole book. You see? So anyway, and Chasei Kresis says, and he was a great man, by the way, he was a God of Lador, that Hashem took on Egypt to make miracles. And they should see all these miracles themselves, not Henry Spakus. I told you earlier today that I got this email from the guy who says it's hard to believe in miracles. So it was hard for them to believe in miracles until they saw it black and white. If you were in Mitzrayim and you saw Dumps right there, Kinamara, Makas Bakharis, they got the business, then you say, gee whiz, son of a gun, I guess. The good Lord can do that stuff. 
That was the reason it was necessary, according to Chazde Kreskes. Teretz Mitzrayim Mali Kishav, Bar Pula Hashem Mali Kishav, Kalech Yichos Belting Baltachlis. And you could see that there was a different quality in the miracles that Hashem pulled off with the ten plagues and so forth versus the Kishav of Egypt. You understand? In its uh, infinity part. Lamanta Sapir, Venema Ridatam Ani Hashem. Hatzada Shabbosha Rabbanamela. So Rabbanamela says, What you have in common between the Ron and Chazde Kreskes. That's a different approach. And again, here you can discuss it at the Seder. But the Barmanel says, I don't like that shot either. The whole idea of it's being something good is very shvach. People don't get Yisurim for the heck of it. It's got to be for a sin. Because of Amor Nebuchim, Shezeodas Amiti Yavshal Chalufo. And the Rambam and the Marbuchim insisted on this job. That sin, I mean, the punishment and suffering comes from sin. But Gam Ramban Bashar HaGumul Asherlov. Look how well he read he was. And you know, the Ramban has this Shar HaGumul, which is very uh, complicated. It's the last part of the Torah Sodom. Now it's out in the Nakudas, I mean. So. He, you know, it's all about life after death and so forth. So, marking the Ramban is very insistent that there is no punishment without sin. No suffering without sin. So don't tell me, Hashem, I'm going to torture you, but it's for your own good. You know, you don't want to hear that. But his son should turn around, meaning, and whatever raya that um, he brought about Nisyonis, in other words, Enochain. With all due respect, Ron, it ain't so. If it's an Isoyan, it's like that Kedo, meaning you got psychologically scared, but it didn't actually happen. So Amavina went through heck. You know, he thought his son's going to kill all the rest of it, but it didn't happen, as we all know. Lamaisa, not a hair on Yitzhak's head was touched. But in Egypt, they got it on the kisser. They crushed the babies, they killed everybody. And even if you want to tie it, there's such a thing like sometimes a person individually, but not a whole nation, Klai Yisrael wouldn't be like this. If the whole idea of the Golas was a plus, a toiva, and even if the Jews didn't do any sin, then God shouldn't have taken him out. If it's really true that it was a good thing to take him to Egypt, we shouldn't take him out. That's a shvacha time, because you can always say he got out of hand, but whatever. And so on and so forth. So I think you get the general idea. Right? He said the whole idea that the experience in Egypt of slavery was a good experience of preparation the opposite. Since they were so lowly and so slave-like, they were not noble of disposition and they did not, uh, what's the right word, you know, uh, live up to the way they should have resp- responded when they saw the Maimon Harsin, as we all know. Since they were working like dogs as slaves, they were actually cowardly. It's me, Achalina Bosa, it's a Harness Adoka, 
The whole story of the Jews in the desert was one of non-courage and ignoble. And in Mitzrayim, it wasn't a great experience. They got involved with Avodah Zorah that they couldn't get out of it, right? And that's why he says they screwed up in the uh, Meraglim. And anyway, if Hashem wanted to show off, He could have done the miracles in Egypt without having them, He could have done ten plagues or something like that without them being slaves in the first place and suffering so so much. Okay? So anyway, that is the general uh, these real problems. Now, you have to turn to a couple of pages later, and then you'll see what the what the Barbara himself considers the reason uh, for the Gulf in Egypt. Okay? And to him, it's the Chet Mechiris Yosef, which is interesting. But Omar, and again, I'm going a couple of pages later, she noticed she goes from Vav and Kodem, if we say the Gauls of Egypt was a result of some sin. It's not a sin of Abraham. should say that. But The sin, if you were looking for one, don't assign it to Avram Avinu, but to the Shvatim. The Torah does say explicitly. Right, Avol Hashem Anachnim and all that—that they were that what they did to Yosef was a big sin. When they plotted to kill him, when he was on his way to say hi to them, born they threw him in a pit. When they sold him to Egypt, maybe Reuven didn't want to sell him, as we all know the story, to Egypt. He knew but Reuven did hate him, which is a good word, right? In other words, when Reuben said, oh, what's our father going to say? It's not shot he loved Yosef, he hated Yosef, he just was worried about how it's going to look for himself, for his father. Okay? And so on and so forth. Well, so therefore, this was, Dr. Barbadam, a big sin by Kali Yisrael, more than you imagine, and it resulted in the slavery and the suffering in Egypt. <laughs> Since it was the Shvatim themselves, the sons of Yaakov, who did the sin, they should have been the ones punished. And since the sin happened in Egypt, they sold in Egypt, since they sold him to be an Evan in Egypt, then really what it should have been, as a onish, as a tit for tat, they themselves should have been slaves, together with their children, the same way they wanted to do Yosef. You get it? In other words, they figured when they sold him as an Evid to Egypt, we'll never hear of him again. You know the story of Yosef, obviously. And he'll be sold in Egypt, and he will be a slave all of his life. And if he has any children, they'll be slaves. And if they have any children, they'll be slaves. And so this should have happened to the Shvatim. They caused the whole thing. So therefore, it was tit for tat that they should go down to Egypt. And since uh, they did it with Tzon, and since, um, what do you call it? The uh, sin was done when they were shepherds, because we know the story, Yosef went to check them out and see how the father's sheep was doing. So it turned out that it was just tit for tat, there Barbanel says, because he's looking for 
for me to connect me to hear what she sees a hundred of them, right? What led the brothers to go down to Egypt? Ain so how's it go? Lagor Baruch one who came here There's no grazing land for the tun. We recite this, of course, in the Haggadah. So everything was tit for tat. It was Egypt. It was slaves. It was sown and so forth. See, but then the question goes like this. So then Ephraim and Menashe should not have been enslaved because they were the victims. But he says, actually, Yosef also. Okay? Meaning, the story, as we all know, is he brought it on himself. Now, he didn't deserve the way they treated him, but Yosef shot his mouth off. That's what the, you know, that's what the Pasuk says, and that's what the Barbanel says. Ba'amesha is gal achalam you know, when he boasted, he said, everybody, I had a dream, and the sun, the moon, the stars, all that. We basically, he was threatening them. They, you know, notice, he shouldn't have talked that way. You're all going to bow down to me, and so forth. And Yaakov also, because he should have thought a little bit, Yaakov Avinu, this is the Barbanel talking, and what would you get the other brothers jealous by buying him a coat the others didn't have? Shaboyim as soon as he bought him an extra coat, he started the civil war going among the brothers. How can you be so dumb to send him out when he knew the brothers didn't like him to go go, go see what's happening? But Yaakov knew the brothers didn't like him. And that's why Yosef ended up having to spend the rest of his life in Egypt, and Yaakov did too. So everybody was guilty in somehow or other in the whole parsha of Yosef. But in the case of Yosef, Galus and Bacalus, and it's literally tit for tat. It's you know mamish mita keneged mita. That um, since Yosef, uh, what do you call, it? didn't do it on purpose, he was just not thinking well. Same thing with Yaakov when he bought him the the sonus possum. I mean, he didn't say, "I guess, oh boy, let me start a civil war among my sons." It was done offhandedly. So therefore, the gullus that they suffered in Egypt was light, was offhandedly. And since Yaakov was one of these people who gets insulted and does insult back, When I say they didn't fight back, Yosef did not take revenge on the brothers. He was which is a super high madrega, as we all know. Um, and therefore they merited not to be buried in Egypt. Okay? Below Nikbergam King Yosef. King Gamas Yaakov and Nikbergam Pelvatsas Yazamim Israel. The covers of Ishem. Shashan is Kidal's Mikhayim. The other brothers that Barbanel says were buried in Egypt. Now I know there are Chazals that say not that way, but this is Mr. Pshat. The Barbanel is Mr. Pshat. And I'm sharing with you today his whole approach because it's a single entire s- a scenario of how he sees the tit-for-tat. Uh, it's to be long to explain the Seder, but he's very good. I mean, you know, he, he's very good. Uh, but the other brothers all, uh, you know, um, uh, lived and died and were buried in Egypt. So think about that. You know, according to the way that Barbanel sees it, Reuven, Shimon, Yehuda, and all these guys are buried somewhere in Egypt. Oh, my goodness. Right? Um, of Muslim in front of me, you know, I I told you before, there's a Gemara says they took all the brothers out and buried them in, in Israel. Drasho. <laughs> That's a drush in the Valtorine. No, it's, it's not shot. You don't believe it. It's a drush. 
and there's no mention of the other brothers. Uh, so notice he said it's an Agata type statement, like Ramban says, sermones, and uh, it's not literally so. So this is the Barbara's approach. As we know, Yaakov went to Gold's Mitzrayim because of Yosef, as he told him. And he didn't say, And he didn't say, I'm going to Mitzrayim to be with my children. The children were going for their own reason because they were being punished. They had sold Joseph. Yaakov had not. What do you do with that? Okay. He says, this is the reason why they say, by the way, this is a good word by itself. You know, they say so and so many people died without a sin. Remember? A few people died. They never did a sin. And one of them had been How the heck did you get Binyamin? I mean, how do you know that he didn't do a sin? So you say, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a Kabbalah. And the Bible says, no. Binyamin lived and died in Egypt and was buried there. And he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> So he's he's that's why that's what you mean by that. Okay, uh, and Barbanel even says When there's a mashchis unleashed, that we say this about the the night of the mafkes bechoris. The Barbanel says this about the gullus, the fact that all the twelve brothers. I repeat, the twelve brothers had to go to Egypt and spend the rest of their lives there, and their children after them. And be buried there and never get to Israel. That's uh, you know, Binyama was a bummer. It wasn't his fault, but Nitfal when the when when the Xera of Gaulus in Egypt happened, he was in there, he was among them, his wrong place at the wrong time, and he took it on the chin. But the Bnei Ashwatim remained there for generations because of their sins. Why? They didn't do the sin. The first parents, Reuben, Shimon, Levi, they were taken down to Egypt because of the sin of Joseph. And the children just happened to be there. Once they're there, the parents remain there and live and die there. You know, um, they stayed there. To me, that's a little bit shvach, but that's what he says. That the Ralbag, as a philosophy matter, talks about the fact that the fathers can suffer because of a reason, and the sons just cause the wrong place, the wrong time. And I'm not going to go into that discussion. Hine nosati possess Sibas Golos Mitzrayim, Yoser Yeshara, Mikol Hasibos Yeshiro Kadmoneno. I think that Barmanel says they have come up with a better shot for the reason for the Golos Mitzrayim, more, more Yashar than all the other shots. Uh, and they sold Yosef when he was out to greet them happily. And when their sin was forgiven or excused, and that's why he says, and here's his Makar Pazish, that when they leave Egypt, it's a carbon pesach from its own, right? Because it's 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 the sheep and the goat. So knows that it's called tzon. So why is it that the Torah says the carbon pesach from its own? Not because it's the god of Egypt. This is a different mahalach. Usually we say 
Yishech the God of Egypt. Hey, Nizbach, Tomavaz, Mitzrayim, Lani, Valis, Galunu. The Raubag, I'm sorry, the Barbanel says, no, it's all part of the tit for tat. That when the sin is finally uh, expiated through long suffering and slavery, then just to emphasize to everybody, hey guys, the reason you've been suffering for 86 years like dogs is because your grandparents or whatever sold Joseph down the river. And uh, the way out is carbon Pesach, Kapar Dugmasachet, Velishka Zapetshim and Atzon, Vitzon Chatu, you did the sin by its own. Understand what he means by that. Not the shechting of the blood and putting the blood on the on the on the garment. Yosef, when he went and was kidnapped, as we know, was on his way to see Shlom Achecha Shlom Atzon. To visit, was sent by Yaakov on a friendship mission, as we all know the story, to visit his brother and find out how they're doing and how the sheep are doing, how the son is doing. And they took that occasion where everything should have been, you know, uh, conducted, what's the right word, you know, in, in a, a, a Bacovitika manner. And they turned it into an occasion where they tried to kill him or, and ended up selling him into slavery. So this is the big sin. And he needs a Bitson Chatu, Loku. Gobatzon is kapru. Isn't that a Gvaldika line? Again, Bitson chatu. They did the sin with the tone. Uva ov the atzon loku, and they were punished by being enslaved by worshippers of tzon. Ubatzon is kapru, and then they got the kapara, meaning the carbon pesa with its own. Okay, now um, that's a grand scheme. I mean, that's a great... Uh, welcome, my friends, to Barbanel 101. Now, I'm sure he says the same thing, I assume, in this long country that I didn't look at. Uh, it's uh, 20 pages. But uh, in the Haggadah, you know, and he really goes after it. Here, let me just see if it's number 15. See, it was And um, he talks about the Joseph thing on page uh, Kofnun. In the Haggadah, and uh, he does the Mita connected Mita, so maybe he does the same kind of business. But whatever it is, he certainly condensed it into a nice uh, narrative over here. And I would say, and all this was foretold to Avram in the uh, Brisbane of Sarm. So, in other words, it's not something that Avram did. Hashem was just telling him, Listen, you're going to have grandchildren, they ain't going to get along so well. Some are going to try to kill the other one, that's going to result in the whole business. And then Geriabar bears Lolohem, and it'll be the land of 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 the Hatzon, and so on and so forth. So obviously, as with any shot, I can take or leave, but but it's a it's it's a coherent approach to the whole narrative of the Seder, and I think it's very uh, nicely put together. And that's all I'll say for now. Whenever time as it is, but I think that you know uh, you can uh, uh, an intelligent appraisal of this shot. Uh, we'll do it there. So everything I just read you was in the Barbanel in the Brisbane of Assam, you can see it yourself. So once again, I want to thank the Glucks for sponsoring. Finally got around to, to bringing it about. And if I have time uh, tomorrow or whatever, maybe I'll do uh, another side of this, which is the theodicy question. Again, these are huge mega themes that dominate the entire narrative of the Yitzhak Trine. So that I wish you all a good night. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at 
www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.